podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The tenth time they've made it! They've won a playoff campaign! And they've done it at Wembley! And for the first time in 74 years, Brentford will play in the top flight of English football! Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Elim Road podcast. A frustrating afternoon in Nottingham over the weekend. But the boys are here to ease some tension or increase it, depending on how Callum is feeling this evening. Uh, remember, people, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, share it around with your mates, subscribe to our YouTube and Spotify channels, and also give us a follow on our socials. That's at the Elam Road on Twitter and at Elam Road Pod on Instagram. Joining me this evening is Elam Road regular Callum. Callum, how are we, mate? How are we doing? Oh, I'm very well. How is everyone? All good, mate. All good. I'm back for a second appearance on the podcast because we liked him so much the first time. Craig, all good, Sam? Yeah, my pleasure to be back again. Thanks for having me. Perfect. Let's just get straight into it. Forrest, lots to talk about, gents. Um, haven't really done too much prep because I feel like it, the game kind of dictates how this episode is going to go. Uh, Craig, I'll come to you first because I know Callum definitely has a few strong thoughts on the game. Uh, initial takeaways, Craig. Oh, mate, I think that prior to the game, everyone kind of went with a bit of a sour taste in their mouth saying we're going to lose this game. So all in all, I'm just happy we came away with a point. Happy we didn't lose. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. I think uh, before the game, we'd all have taken a point. Uh, I had a someone someone messaged me after I put my post match tweet out and said uh, before we would have all taken a point. But in the circumstances, Callum, what do you reckon? Well, I mean, it, it was disappointing to be honest with you. And I was with with I was right in front of Norgard where he held his hand up at the end of the game and apologised to the fans, and which he came out and said on Sky after and said. We expect more. You know, we, we had, you know, 40 minutes where we had the extra man. And I think we had the players on the pitch to go and and obviously go and win that game. But we just simply couldn't get over the line. I mean, you know, we had the chances, but we just simply couldn't get the ball in the back of the net. It was one of those days, unfortunately. But, you know, I do agree with Norga. When you got that opportunity... You know, and you can feel the tension in the ground. To be honest with you, they they went quiet when it all happened in that split minute where so it went down to ten men. We then scored after a long VAR check as well, and the tension was there. They knew they had to really go and pick up a point at least against us. Um, so come away disappointed. You know, I feel that we had the opportunities. Um, many of them. Morpay had a couple. Mm-hmm. Keep Bay had had one cleared off the line. Um, you know, there's a couple of chances we got behind as well. And Bremo had a few opportunities where, um, and you know, Morgan was white, took the ball off him when he was going in on goal. So we had the opportunities, but we just simply could not get the ball in the back of the net. But of course, as you talk upon, you know, the game should have had a lot of other things happen in it. I don't know if you want to talk about it now or not, or we leaving it till later. We'll leave but it till later. I'll be raring to go with later. this, to be honest with you. So <laughs> we'll leave it till later. But yeah, just, well, Disappointed, disappointed. I wanted to, I wanted to get past but the better, match action. But yeah. better, I will better. say, Mike. I will say, listen, we we were better. You know, Wissa had a great opportunity in the first half, missed it. I thought defensively we looked solid. Um, Ayer, I think, had a fantastic game. I think he marked, um, you know, Callum Hudson Adoy. You know, he's got a fantastic goal a couple of weeks before, and I was seriously worried with him as, you know, as a player who threatens a lot with his pace, how direct he is. Uh, I thought he was going to cause us a few problems, but he was he was quiet. 
he was he was he, he hardly did anything. He had a few little mazy runs. Ayer completely kept him out of the game. So it's good to see him come back and do something. And hopefully, I think he he could now kick on in that right back position. I hope now with a few injuries and you know we've talked about it last week how frustrating it has been that he hasn't kicked on after his injury. I think now is his time to go and prove a point. So give him a few games to go and prove that. Why not? Yeah, I think uh, positives definitely to take. Obviously, it, it is disappointing as you touch upon with you know with the fact that they were playing for playing with ten men for for that long. Um, I do. We talk about the positives because because the first half was so dull. Uh, apart from like one chance that we had towards the end, which was a really worked well, really well worked free kick, which we've become accustomed to with supporting Brentford over the years. Uh, Craig, just before the red card, the, the the momentum was building. We'd had a few chances. We were getting in some good positions. So there's definitely some positives to take out of that second half performance, especially despite us not taking all three points. 100%. 100%. On another day, I mean, as a Brentford fan, this season feels like we're saying that all the time. <laughs> On another day, we'd have, we'd have been two or three goals up by the time that, that free kick, uh, that header from Norgard, sorry, is hit the back of the net. You know, the chances that we're having... Eventually, they're going to tell. We're going to start scoring more goals. Touch wood. Hopefully, we're going to start scoring some more goals. The pressure that we apply to teams, or um, let's let's forget about the Everton game. The the pressure that we've applied to teams, you know, scoring twice against Spurs, scoring three at Fulham. You know, we we did hold Newcastle to one as well, who who are a good team and will be up there again this season. The pressure that we're giving to teams will tell, and we will start scoring a lot of goals this season. I'm yeah, one hundred percent. Hundred percent. I'm I'm very confident. Um, the, it's like Norgard said in his post match. Even on Sky, he said in his post match. You know, there's only been one bad performance all season. That's Everton. We deserve to lose. And like you say, we played Tottenham. Result could have gone either way. Newcastle very much deserved more than a more than a more than what we got over there. So I think you know, with the way that we keep playing, it is going to come good eventually. And like you said, Newcastle, mate, they're one in luck to PSG at the moment. So you know, and we, we I thought we easily deserved to point out of that game. Um. Enough with the sort of match action because the this podcast is mainly going to be including uh, the the contentious decisions, shall we say? Uh, we'll talk about the red card first because that's the least contentious. Although a lot of Forest fans and a certain ugly bastard Steve Cooper somehow suggesting that that wasn't a red card, even though his second foul, Callum, I thought probably could have warranted a red card in and of itself, as opposed to two bookable offences. Completely agree, and I'm su- I'm surprised it wasn't picked up on. To be honest with you, we saw on the Saturday in that very high, highly, uh, obviously controversial game between Spurs and Liverpool, where a similar kind of foul um, with the studs up in in the fashion they were warranted a red card. Whether the referee just decided, you know what, he's now going to go off regardless, and he's going to get a second yellow for it, uh, we'll we'll just give him that. I mean, really, in my opinion, he should have been a straight red. Um, you know, he's he's put his studs in the back of uh, of, of of the, the individual's foot. I mean, that should be looked at VR, really, and should have been sent off. Enough of what the nonsense Steve Cooper talks about. I mean, he's a pillar, in my opinion. Like, you know, it's... Uh, you know, you know all this nonsense, right from beginning to end. I don't know what his, what, what his bloody issue is. Like, what is it? He's always had he's always had an agenda against Brentford ever since we've done them done Swansea in the playoffs. I he's reckon. done nothing against us. He's done absolutely nothing against us. Realistically, you know, we were undefeated against him last season. You know, they got lucky against us on on Sunday. 
what's he got to moan about, really, to be honest with you? Like, just talk some sense for once in your life, mate. Honestly, no, it's the truth. Like, <laughs> but, yeah, no, straight, it's red, straight card, straight red card, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. We've definitely. Seen, we've seen less happen for more. As in, that that studs down the Achilles on Wissa. We've seen players get sent off for less than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could you could even throw it back to when we played Swansea in this player final and Rico got sent off for that challenge. And he came out after the game and said it was a straight red card. It was reckless and he was flying in. It's just like, Never. come off it, mate. Come off it. Anyway, I think that was the that was the least contentious. If you're a Brentford fan and you're not a weirdo Forest fan, and there are many of those. Uh, Callum, Mark Flecken, before before we get onto the penalty incidents, because that's, that's a big talking point. Mark Flecken, as, as there has been with pretty much every performance he's given this season loads of talk on twitter about his role in the second in 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 Forest equalizer I'll throw to you first Callum and Craig I'll get your thoughts afterwards are we thinking he can do better because I was watching it I've seen the replays it's it's a weird one that the the punditry picked up on it he kind of goes up to it looks like he might think that it's going over the bar he kind of goes up to save it and then pulls his hand down doesn't really get off the ground too well what, what do you reckon Callum yeah, no, I, th- I think, to be honest with you, he's maybe misjudged the pace. I mean, the, the delivery's come in with a lot of pace on the left-hand side. Um, and when you look at the individual who scored the goal, he, you know, he's out at quite a distance. Um, mm-hmm. And whether he was anticipating, you know, maybe the sheer pace on, on how, you know, how the header created all that pace, I'm not, I'm not sure. But, I mean, I, I would say there was some slight misjudgment there. Um, you know, a few individuals talking about how high he jumped off the ground. It was a bit of a half-assed effort. Uh, I'm not sure if I necessarily agree with that, to be honest with you. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. Listen, it, you know, he, I thought he did very well up to that point. He pulled some good saves off. It was just that one possible area you could look at. But I don't think it was necessary as big of an error as, as many people were talking about, to be honest with you. Craig, I'll throw it to you, mate. You're a resident goalkeeper on the podcast. What would you reckon? Well, I was actually going to go the other way this time. I've outshot ah. last week, and I felt like he actually could have done better with it this week. As, as Callum so rightly pointed out there, um, maybe he did misjudge it, and, and Mike, like you said, it looks as if he's pulled away from the ball. Mm-hmm. Now, I get if it's going over your head, but you've, sometimes you've got to be better safe than sorry. If you're thinking it's going over, make sure it's going over. Don't pull away from the ball. Because if you're a goalkeeper and you make a mistake, there's only one thing that's behind you, and that's mm-hmm. the back of the net, unfortunately. And, Callum, you made a little point there about how he... Ju- he, he I'm going to say he didn't jump. He hopped. He did a little hop <laughs> off the floor, pulled his arm away. And, and unfortunately, I vouched for him last week. Unfortunately, I think this one's on him. I think he knows he made the wrong decision. Right, and the way this is going, right? So I'm just trying to. So there's there's a blunder against Palace. Are we are we caught, are we are we is are we giving some of the blame to him for that for the goal against Palace when there's kind of mix up between him and Collins? Some some of it deserves to go towards him. Fifty fifty. We there's had this the... talk the other week. I said no nah, nonsense, not fifty fifty. <laughs> I'm saying it, it's in my opinion that was that was the worst error out the lot. Um, right. I mean, it was a half-assed effort in my opinion to to. Uh, to, to, to get that ball and the fashion they scored that goal. Yeah, no, no, not 50-50. Flecken's fault on that one. I'm still shooting. behind him. I'm still behind him. And I think that time will show that he is the goalkeeper that we think it is, he is and the reason that we spent the money on him. He will win us points through the rest of the season. He might have another mistake or two in him. 
every goalkeeper has that. You know, we, we've we've seen goalkeepers at every level. And I'm telling you now, and I'm, every Brentford fan would agree, I hope, I would rather Flecken than Onana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the moment. At the moment. At the moment, definitely. I mean, you know, there, there was a bit of talk after Balcom signed his new contract this week for some weird reason because the bloke's been at Brentford for what seems like since I started supporting Brentford when I was a kid. It seems like he's been at the club for ages. Signed a new four-year deal this week. There was talk around, you know, if, if his performances don't pick up and he keeps being at fault for some of the goals that we keep talking about on the podcast every week, the people are saying we should put Balgam in the sticks. What, what do you reckon, Craig? Not against Manchester United. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I agree that he deserves a chance. He's shown it when he's been out on his loan spells. Unfortunately, he got struck with a couple of injuries, which means his loan spells got a bit stunted and he came back to Brentford early. He's a good enough goalkeeper. He's Brentford through and through, according to the socials. Give him a chance, but don't go and throw him in at Old Trafford. Sorry, that's not the right decision to do. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Um, again, some of the Fleck and head loss after after games is it just makes me laugh at this point. I see it every single week. To be fair, I mean he, he does he does keep keep having these situations where we do talk about him on the podcast every week. But some of some of the headlines, some of the head loss on Twitter after every game, it just does it does amuse me. Let's let's talk about the controversy. Two penalty incidents in the game. One in the first half of handball, which um, which I think was a pen. One in the second half on Wissa, which. I think is one of the most stonewall penalties I've seen this season. Callum, I know you've got strong thoughts on this, mate. So I'll I'll let you I'll let you fire away. Nice one. How long have you got, boys? For starters, so it's, uh, <laughs> no, no. Right, listen. I think the first one. I think it's one of those where I think it's going to be very hard to give. Uh, I would disagree on that one. I think uh, for me, I I don't think that just with how sheer close the individual was. To, to the ball, I, I don't think you can give a penalty for that, and I can understand why they haven't given the penalty for the first one. So I'm going to keep that basic and say we're going to move on from that one. The second one, now I don't know honestly what what is going on. Now we look at it, we look after the first week of the season where you look back right to the start, boys, at the Manchester United versus Wolves game. Now a very highly controversial game there where they had to come out of the PGML, uh, PGML and say, listen, they, that should have been a penalty. Simple as that. Should have been a penalty. They talked about it on Sky Sports. Again, should have been a penalty. Mike Dean talked about it. Should have been a penalty. Why have they now, and, you know, why after all that, when you've got an, a similar decision to that with Wissa, why on earth, what, what are they looking at? I don't understand what they're looking at. He's been clearly taken out. Now, I've had individuals, Forest fans, pop up to me in the week, and they can tell, obviously, I'm pretty wound up about it, because, as you would be. Really? Why on... Well, you don't, yeah, you don't say. Look at my socials, you'll be able to see for yourself. Um, now, the quick, big question is, why haven't Mike... Why hasn't Michael Oliver gone over and said, listen, again... Have a look at this referee. You know the ball. He's got the ball. He's he's going to possibly running on goal, but he's you know he's taking him out. He's taking him out. And Forest fans have said to me, "Why on earth hasn't Wissa stayed down?" And I think to be honest with you, he can see there's an opportunity here just to walk that ball in the back of the net. Now I would take that opportunity hands down. Say, listen, 
The goalkeeper's committed himself. He's on the floor, trying to score the goal, walk it in the back of the net. Now, what I want to know is, release the footage as to why the hell that hasn't been given as a bloody penalty, in my opinion. If I'm not mistaken, they didn't even look at it. Well, Don Goodman on commentary said this is something they should look at. Now, again, it's something very similar to Saturday where they didn't they didn't spend very long if they did look at it and say, OK, you know, you know, he's clearly taken him out here on his follow through anywhere else on the pitch. That is a, that is a foul. As simple as that. Now, what is the reason as to why they haven't given it? Is it because he's not in control of the ball? I don't know. This is the thing. They don't give us explanations as to why this wasn't given. And they have Dermot Gallagher on Sky Sports on on Monday, what's the bloody point of him being on there? Because he's asked a simple question as to yeah. why it wasn't given, and he's not even answered the question. Honestly, yeah, mate, get me on there instead. I'll tell you why it should be given. I've got me FIFA, I've got me FA badges. I'll tell you. It's a blatant penalty, and it's just it's not being given. And do you know what? Honestly, you've got all this controversy with all these referees being flown over to the UAE and doing all this stuff over there at the moment. It's a conflict of interest. Honestly, it's a complete conflict of interest. Easy decisions being missed. Again, and the technology is not up to scratch. Now, either sack it off, either do it properly or sack it off. It's as simple as that. What is the point? I don't see the point. Get a referee on here right now, honestly, and tell me <laughs> what is the point. Do you know what? Anyway. Do you know, do you know what? I... Uh... I, we're gonna. We're, I'm gonna try and get a guest on for the international break, and that's actually not a bad shout. If I manage to track down a referee, and the thing is, I did my. Um, if anyone follows me on Twitter, I did my university dissertation on referee abuse. So I've spoken to a few referees, and I'm less inclined to have a go at referees since doing that podcast because I know, and especially in the professional game, referee abuse has bad effects, trickle down effects to the grassroots game. So I'm against it in that in terms of that. But when there are these blunders every week, and we're going to get onto some more wider VAR chat in a minute, when there are these blunders every week, and there has been this season, there has been, there's been two this week, the the one against the, the Liverpool-Tottenham game and the one in our game, but there, there is something to talk about every week with VAR at the moment. And it's it's not like it's not like contentious decisions, like you just said, Callum. That it only it only takes one replay with the right angle to to say that that foul on Wisser is a stonewall penalty. He gets it, he gets the ball first, and the keeper clears him out straight afterwards. It's it's um it's get it's getting very very strange. And I, I sympathise with Thomas Frank after the game in his post match, saying you know we've had the penalty against Bournemouth, uh, Tottenham not given when Vicario takes out uh, Sharder after after the ball goes over his head and they say that it's an inevitable collision. That then happens against Newcastle, it gets given against us. Then there's this. There's no there's no consistency, Craig. What would you, what do you, do you want to weigh in on this conversation? I know Callum's quite, you, not you, very you, succinctly, but he's... he's, he's... There could be some more, to be honest with you. But I'll, I'll, let Craig, I'll let Craig finish off. But I mean, look, you know, it's... Uh, unless you want me to say now. I mean, listen, <laughs> I'll, okay, I'll say one more thing and then Craig, you can say whatever you want to say. Mike, feel free to cut this out if you want to. Listen, I spoke to a referee in the week and I said to him, look, what is your honest opinion on it? And he said, the problem is you've got so many referees with so many different points of view. One would give that as a penalty and one wouldn't. Now, we know it's a stonewall penalty, but that is the issue. One would give the penalty and one wouldn't. It's down to the individual at the end of the day who's in charge of VAR. That's the problem. But it's a stonewall pen. So anyway, Craig, take the floor. Thank you very much. I'm done, boys. <laughs> Mike, you you so rightly brought it up. You so rightly brought it up. 
my as soon as I saw that and I, I it wasn't given, my mind went straight to the Sharder incident against Spurs. He gets absolutely wiped out by Vicario and they call it an inevitable collision. It's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. Wissa gets he doesn't get he doesn't get tripped. He doesn't get nudged. He doesn't get pushed. He gets a boot up the arse is what he gets. You know, it wasn't even subtle either. He completely wins the ball and Matt Turner just wallops him for it. And yeah. all of a sudden, because, I think it's because he doesn't stay down. Now, to me, in football, and you, it's why you see players go down so easily, is there is no reward for honesty in football. Jan Wisser wins the ball, he gets a boot up the arse for his troubles, gets taken out by a Matt Turner, and he sees, as Callum pointed out, that he could just walk the ball into the net, so he tries to get up and win the ball. There is no reward for honesty. If Wissa stays down and makes a meal of it, in the same way that prick Anthony Gordon did when he played him, <laughs> we'd have got a penalty for that. But yeah. you look at that, Craig, and you say, button in again, the referee wasn't the one who gave that decision at Newcastle. It was the assistant. Yeah. So, again, I said at Newcastle that day, and I was saying to you, Mike, as well, if referee, if a linesman are just going to butt in and give stuff like that, then what the hell was that linesman doing on Sunday? You know, he's in line with that. He's in line with the ball. Why on earth is he not giving that as a penalty? He's in line with it. Completely, there was no one in front of him. I mean, I just, honestly, there's just no, oh, it's just, oh, it's just frustrating. And, and again, you, you think of it at the end of the season, that could cost us. That, I mean, I'm not, it's too early to say that at the moment, but those kind of decisions could cost us by the end of the season. And we just need, we need honesty from, from the individuals high up to say, get the referees on the television like they used to. I get my, you know, we shouldn't have a dig at the referees because I know it's a hard job. That is why half the time I can't be asked to do refereeing nowadays because I know how hard it is to do it. But if you've got a VAR there who's looking at it, uh, get, get the VAR in front of the cameras. Explain why to the cameras... Or, ex- or do or explain in some kind of interview process or something after the game exactly why that decision hasn't been given. As simple as that. But of course, they but, won't do that because they don't want to. They don't want any controversy. You know, it's that's the, that's the issue. That's the what's issue. The, what's the trouble with us doing it in the same way it's done in rugby? Yeah. Yeah. It's completely transparent in rugby. The Rugby World Cup's going on at the moment and we're seeing yellow cards and tries being ruled out or yellow cards given. But the TMO is is completely transparent from start to finish, from incident to, to the outcome. We know exactly what is happening the whole way through. Why can't football will be like that? There is no reason football can't be like that at all. And the thing is, the thing, the reason I don't think they're coming out and they're and they're giving reasons as to why. I mean, they have for the the Liverpool incident on the weekend, but the only reason that I can think of is why they're not coming out is just because it's there's no why as to why Wiss's penalty wasn't given apart from the fact that they've missed it. That that's the only explanation. Like that is a penalty, and referees will tell you. You know, a lot of the time when people speak about football. They don't understand. They they think they know football, but they don't understand the rules. You need to be a referee and go through the training to really understand the rules of football when it's a foul, when it's not a foul. But you look at that foul on Wissa. You've got Dermot Gallagher on Sky Sports saying it's a foul, a ex professional referee. But then you ask him why, and he just gives fuck all. And it's just like it's because they don't. It's because they don't want people to know that they're missing it. And 
and it's every and it's every single week. So we're at a point now where the standard of officiating in this country is pretty bad, and you can tell because there was only a couple of English referees that went to the World Cup in Qatar, and it comes back to the point that there's not enough grassroots referees coming through. There's not one. There hasn't been changes to the Premier League rota, and it, there hasn't been enough changes to the Premier League rota in such a long time because of the lack of uptake of referees. So it's all kind of full circle, and then we get to the point now when we're spending ten minutes talking about bloody referee decisions on a on a podcast. When, when we should when we should be talking about us beating Forest two one. Go on, Callum. It's true. The problem is, Mike. You talk about the referees and everything like that. Now, I'll tell you from uh, from a point of view. I, I, you know, I haven't done many games, but the lack of assistance from your local FA group mm-hmm. support that is why we're not getting many referees come through. And you look at it, and you know, you have to pay to go and do. I had to pay like two hundred quid to go and do this this referee course, to go and earn 20 quid just to go and do a match. And it's so hard to build yourself up. They're making it so difficult now to go and build yourself up. People are looking at it and saying, what's the point? And when there's something that happens, like you see on, on social media nowadays, where referees are being chased out of a car park or something like that, there is no support whatsoever from, from, from the referees' the union or... The, the local FA that you that you you're in, they just can't be bothered, and that is the probably mo- one of the reasons why we are struggling with uptake at the moment. With simply having enough referees, or even good enough quality referees yeah. to come through and then work their way up, it's as simple as that. I mean, yeah. they make a very good point on. They were talking about it on Monday. If referees are are Oh, going off to the UAE and doing this kind of stuff. Why are and making dis- errors like this over the weekend as they have? Why don't we bring the best referees over and spend some money bringing them over here from abroad? Like let's let's do that. Let's let's change things up a bit. If that's what our referees want to do, go on, crack on. If you're not 100% committed to the Premier League and not going to give it all and going to consistently make mistakes. Spend some money, bring in the best quality referees from abroad, and let's make this fair. Let's 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 make this the best as the as they say the best league in the world as it should be. Not talking as you say about all these errors every single week. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. No, I agree. I think we should we'll, we'll hold that talk for now. We, we in the hot topic segment we are going to talk a little bit about the audio footage that was released because I think that's what's ever that's what everyone's talking about. Just to go back to Brentford for a second. Craig, there were some positives. We touched on it already. Aya had a really good game at right back, I thought. Callum, you kind of said that earlier. Ola Kigbe looked promising when he came on. I want to talk a little bit about Morpé's performance. Um, he had a couple of half chances, I would say. A couple of good blocks from the Forest players when they were really back to the wall. What did you think when he came on? Because I thought he had he had some good touches here and there. And as a follow-up, I thought Mbumo's looked really leggy in the last two games, especially against Forest. I thought I, thought I didn't really see him beat a man in that whole game. Um, he looks really tired, in my opinion. Could do with the rest. So, as a follow-up, would you consider maybe starting more pay on Saturday against United? I'll, I'll, I'll address the follow-up first. Yes, I would start Malpe against United because I, I think it shows. I think it shows that when he got chucked in against Forest, and when he got chucked in against Newcastle, he couldn't really make much of an impact on the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we went up to Newcastle. I don't think he actually touched the ball. 
other than to run it up to the other end when they had a free kick. So he, he needs to be given the time in the match to actually make an impact to the game. I mean, he, like you say, he did well when he came on. He had a couple of half chances. You know, Forrest, Forrest defended quite well after they got level. And it was like, it was more, let's see this game out rather than go try and win it. They, they were back to the wall defending. So it was going to be difficult for any substitute to come in and make an impact to that game. But give him, give him a game, start him at United, give him the 90 minutes, and I think he'll make more of a positive impact than we've seen the last two games he'll come in. Yeah. Callum, thoughts on his performance? Would you start him on Saturday? Um, yes, no, I, I, I don't see a reason why not. The only issue I have is, is he 100% match fit at the moment? Now, uh, you know, Frank touched upon it, I, th- I think, last week, actually, where he, he thinks he possibly maybe needs another week or two to get up to kind of match fitness. Um, I mean, I personally would like to see him start. I mean, I I, I actually I, I agree that Wisser, is, I think, is actually... I know you touched upon him, Waymo, but I also feel that Wisser's a bit leggy in the moment. Like He's played a lot of back-to-back games, um, and he's obviously playing in, obviously, as a striker... Uh, at the moment, obviously, with the amount of injuries we have. So he's quite leggy. I feel Morpé would be a good player to, to start on Saturday. But the question is whether he's match fit or not. I, You know, he's only been playing 20 minutes here, 30 minutes. Is he match fit? So, I mean, yeah, but why not? Give him a go. If, you know, 60 minutes, change it around, bring Wisser on. You know, I, but I, I feel Morpé is a great player on Saturday just to wind them up because I tell you, Man United are in disarray at the moment. So, you know, even bigger reasons to get him in that signing lineup. With that donut in goal that they've got, he's bound to score six or seven. <laughs> <laughs> Would be nice. We'll get Would we'll get nice. on to United. Let's let's know, uh, let's go we, to we know how long go Do on. we know how long Malpe played in that closed that closed uh, behind closed doors game against that Italian side? I I saw that he was playing, but I did not. I didn't see the minutes. They didn't really release too much apart from Tony's goal, which was wicked, by the way. If anyone if anyone's seen that, kind of flicks nice. it over the goalkeeper with his back heel, which was very good. Who so. took the assist, by the way? Can I can I just talk on about the assist? <laughs> it was on Yeka, wasn't it? <laughs> no, a certain individual on on the GPG is a bit quieter after uh, you, know, <laughs> you know I. I, I did say, listen, you know, on your well, after his assist in a you know, B team behind closed doors friendly, he's a bit, he's going to be a bit quiet. Listen, <laughs> I'm going to, he's going to, he's going to kick on, he's going to kick on now. I'll tell you, he's going to kick on. He's going to have a good game on Saturday. Mark my word. On Yecker at right wing back, who says no? <laughs> no, on Yecker, I'll tell you, look, as a, as a, as a winger. No, I'm only joking. No, no. I, listen, good assist by the main man. Good goal from, from Tony. It's good to have him back. What I don't like is his whole secrecy act. If we're going to talk about that beating game, um, why why does it have to be in? You know, are we going to be playing in little grounds here and there, playing mystery fixtures now? Because oh, the what FA is this because of us to talk about? Yeah, because of Tony. Yeah, that's what they said the other day. Yeah, they yeah. don't they don't want the they don't want anyone to know about these games. Is it to do with the press? Is it to do with the? Uh, I, I, who knows? I mean, I, I guess it's part ways to do with the press. Um, obviously, you know, they can be quite. We've seen how you know intrusive they can be with releasing stories um, about Tony, so that could be the main reason. But why can't we know about this until after, like you know how how he played? Because we didn't, as you touched on, Mike, we, they didn't really talk about the game very much no. and individuals who played in it. So it always is good to know on on, on that. So yeah. Speak, did you uh, well, just so. to rub salt in the wounds? Did you see who got the assist for Nottingham Forest's goal? 
it was it was Toffolo who obviously is has been charged with all the betting all the bet all the betting charges. Uh, I noticed that and, and wow. just thought this is this is very strange. Something weird is going on with the whole Tony case. But anyway, it looks like we might get a very good Ivan Tony back in January, depending on if if he stays at the club. But that's a whole other thing. So um, we'll we'll move on to hot topic. Kind of already gone through sort of the the referee talk. Um, I did kind of want to include a little bit about the audio footage just so I can get a nice clip for for Instagram. Craig, it's not it's not been the best week for the PGMOL. Not only did they get Matt Turner's foul on Whistle horribly wrong, but also biggest bundle of the weekend has to be the the offside goal, Luis Diaz for Liverpool. I was watching it live. I could see on the screen that it was onside. You didn't even need the lines to, to be brought out. Um, everyone kind of knows what happens. But yesterday, the footage was released by PJMOL. And uh, it's just uh, me and Callum were kind of talking about it off camera. It's just a little bit of a of a circus, isn't it? <laughs> it's 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 laughable. It's absolutely laughable. But I, what I will say is I will give credit to the one VAR, yeah. uh, one person in the VAR who, who's very clearly trying to make the right decision because he's saying, delay the game, delay the game, wait for it, wait for it. He's very clearly trying to make the right decision, but it's completely rushed. It's incredibly wrong. And <laughs> Liverpool are so, so unfortunate with to have this whole incident go against them. So unfortunate. What what I will say about the incident is, and I was having this conversation earlier with someone. It's like I know the rules are the rules, and once once you once the game's restarted, you can't bring it back. Like we have to carry on. But in that moment, and it, it and Jurgen Klopp talk about it talks about it today, and the fact that it's quite unprecedented that they knew that they'd cocked it up straight away because, like in the audio footage, someone is saying, "Hang on, this was given offside. Were you happy with that image?" Why can't common sense just prevail in that one second and just say, "Look, we've restarted the game, but we know the decision is right." Kick the ball, or stop the game, and give the go to go to the referee review area and give the goal. But they, but they come out and say we can't stop the game, we can't do anything, and it's just like you've ham, you've ham, you've hamstrung yourself by by maybe maybe the rule you know it stands in in other situations, but in that split second when they know that they fucked up, why can't why can't someone just say stop the game, go to the referee area, review the goal, and give the goal? Otherwise, we're going to get so much backlash. And if they'd have done that, Callum, I, I reckon I reckon we'd be all right. You know what I mean? They would have saved themselves, to be honest with you, Mike. Now, that, you know, I looked at it and I was chatting about this again with someone this week. When they started, uh, obviously, noticing they completely screwed up, the ball was out for a throw-in. Yeah. What a perfect opportunity. So they'd started the game, restarted the game, and then they started asking questions. And then when you could hear, obviously, the language that they blurred out in particular, I would have loved to have heard that, to be honest with you, but, I mean, I <laughs> hope. Um, but... The ball is out for a throwing. Now, nothing has impacted the game. In fact, Liverpool actually had the throwing at the time. Now, nothing has happened. So, yeah. I, I agree. Just literally stop the game for a minute and just say, listen, you know, bring the referee over to the side, speak to the, the fourth official, get everyone together and say, listen, you know, something big's happened here. Um, but I feel, you know, Yes, there is stuff in the background, but nothing has massively happened in that game. Fair enough if Tottenham had gone down the other end and scored a goal. Fair enough. That is fair enough. But I must touch upon, actually, when we played Bournemouth when there was a failure in the technology and it took when the goal line technology uh, mm -hmm. didn't go off on, on the watch. Now, it took a good 30 seconds to ping that up 
from the fourth official who ring rung in to the referee at the time, Bobby Madley, and said, "Look, that's a goal." Now, what's the? In my opinion, yeah. we're in a different phase yeah. of the game. There, what is the difference between that and what has happened there? Perfectly two, you know. Yes, our ball has gone in the goal. Yes, but so has that goal as well, which is a goal that has been completely chalked out for no reason whatsoever. So why? What's the difference? What is the difference? You know, you could have said, okay, our ball's gone in the back of the net, but we're in a different phrase of the game, like you know, uh, and the technology's failed there. So you know, it just it, it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. They should have stopped the game. They should have said, listen. We should have given the goal, and none of this, none of this talk after. It would have been a fair and square goal, um, and they should have learnt from this mistake because, of course, it happened with us last year. Of course, we got the decision that went our way, but of course, they haven't learned from it. They haven't learned yeah. from it, you know. And it's just, uh, it's frustrating. Of course, I don't think it could have happened to a better club, in my opinion. But I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I feel that, and all this talk about the game being played replayed that isn't going to happen because you do, and for once <laughs> Arsenal fans weren't saying that last year when it happened to them and of course that you know ultimately did it did you know cost them with the league with dropping two points against us so you know it's frustrating I get the frustration but you know it touches upon again that referee should or that that um, Darren England should not have been allowed to officiate that game it's a conflict of interest with what had happened 48 hours before being out in the UAE. I mean, it's like a three, four-hour time difference as well. A seven-hour flight back to the to the UK and then straight into Stockley Park and 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 being involved in such a, you know, a fixture like that with so much at stake. I mean, I just don't understand. Who is allowing this to happen? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. Well, I'll tell you what, my biggest concern with VAR is how many people need to be involved to make the correct decision. When when we're listening to the to the audio of it, we've got we've got the, the two linesmen, we've got the ref, the referee himself, we've got the fourth official, we've got VAR, VAR's assistant, then we've got the person who does the lines, then we've got another person who does something else. How many people does it have to go through before a correct decision has to be made in regards to VAR? Well, I would like to see trialled out what FIFA do, actually. It's controversial, but you have two or three referees who are in the in the hub and they're all talking to each other. Yes, that could cause a bit of controversy because one might say yes, one might say no. But that is where the active communication is then. You've got multiple opinions in the room and coming to a conclusive decision on, 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 on that. I mean, I know you touched upon earlier, Craig, that wasn't coming from the ref. That was coming from the from the camera individual, I believe. Actually, that the one saying, "Hang on a minute," that was given us offside. Yeah. Um, yeah. So why? Have, um, that, so that's then, that's then the sixth or seventh person that the that this whole decision has gone through. Why does it take six people to realise that an incorrect decision has been made here? Yeah, it's, no, it's baffling. For starters, for starters, nowhere near offside anyway. How the linesman's put his flag up <laughs> is, is beyond me as well. It's nowhere near offside. He's two feet onside easily. All right, yeah, maybe he's a bit unsure, put the flag up. But the communication between the on-field officials and those in that VAR room is incredibly poor. 
There are far too many voices being heard at one time for anyone to be able to make a correct decision. It needs to be, it needs to be slimmed down. And like you said, Callum, either do it right or don't do it at all. Do it yeah. right or don't do it at all. Because big decisions like that, that are going to affect, it's going to affect 20 teams in the Premier League. It's going to affect every single team at some point in the season. And and there are so many points, as as we've said so far this season, that they, they, there's been an apology every week. Yeah, there has. There's been yeah. an, a PGMOL apology every week this season, from from the way the Wolves defender getting clattered by Onana. That was a clear penalty. Wissa getting booted up the arse, clear penalty. That Anthony Gordon one getting given. How is? There's decisions being made incorrectly, whether it starts with the people on the pitch or it finishes with the people in the VAR room. At some point, they need to start also stepping up and taking accountability for it because it is not right. As in, I mean individuals, not a group, not the PGMOL. Referees need to start being, like, need to start accepting that they've made the wrong decisions themselves. Yeah, because it's, I agree. It's, it's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. I reckon. I reckon. Let's table. Let's table the the VAR chat now because uh, I've I've been speaking about it all all bloody weekend with people as you do when when something like this happens. Um, we'll go. We'll go on to. We'll go on to United. We'll preview that. It's kind of a hot topic in and of itself because of everything going on at United at the moment. It makes me laugh a lot. All the all the stats that have come out since their loss last night. It's three. They could lose three home games on the trot, which I don't think has ever happened in United history. Back-to-back Champions League lots, losses never happened in United history. There's the worst start in like 30-odd years. Um, first of all, Callum, do you see Eric Ten Hag in a job come Christmas at United? I mean, I was talking about this with a mate today. You kind of feel like if they lose against us on Saturday, I think there are big, big question marks around whether he's the man to kind of stop this rot. I completely agree. I mean, it, obviously, it doesn't help that there is a lot of negativity behind the club at the moment uh, from from the owners, obviously, uh, with what with what's going on there, and the fans are making themselves very well heard. Um, but when you look at it, will he? I, I mean, will he? Will he just walk with how bad things are going at the moment, or will he be resigned, or or will he be sacked? Um, I can't see him being there at Christmas. Uh, you know, they've got. A big game coming up in the Carabao Cup. Um, obviously, lose that relatively. That's one of their one of the only chances they've got of winning anything this year. They'll be they'll be out of the Champions League in no time at all. It may not even be in Europe because I don't think they'll finish third um, for the Europa League. So I don't think he'll be there past Christmas. Whether he resigns himself or whether he gets sacked, I don't know. But it's then the question of who they bring in. Who really would want to take that job at the moment? Because it's so much negativity around the place. With the protests every week. There's more protests on Saturday from what I understand. Who would want to go there? Because I can't name any who probably would. There's a lot of tension around the place at the moment. And what a perfect time for us to go there and actually do something. Like, I actually think we can. I think we can go there and beat them. Honestly, it's my birthday <laughs> this weekend as well. So Brentford, go and win. Don't go lose like you did last year at Newcastle five one on my birthday weekend. I'll be devastated. Please, please go and win and send me a birthday wish on Monday as well while you're at it. Thank you very much. 
Craig, does it give you as much joy watching Man United lose as it does Chelsea, even though Chelsea did pick up their first win of the season against bloody Fulham in the week? Of course it was going to be them. But yeah, does does it give you as much does it give you as much joy? Honestly, Man United don't bother me in the slightest. Oh really? Not okay, fair. <laughs> I couldn't care less about Man United. Yeah, I mean, Fulham are in such disarray, even Mikhailo Mudrick scored, so. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, Chelsea might have won, but that's funny in itself. You know what I mean? £88 million, it's taken, what, 50 games, 40 games for him to get his first goal in the Premier League against Fulham. It couldn't write itself any better, could it? It's just perfect. Uh, you know, Man United, they've been falling apart for years, really, haven't they? You know, they've had a couple of successful seasons. They've got a bit of silverware in. And even with that silverware, you look at the whole, even the infrastructure, of the, the, the ground itself is falling apart. So they are quite literally falling to bits. I'm here <laughs> for it. <laughs> I'm here for it. But personally, I couldn't care less whether they're a football club or not anymore. All right, we, we've had we've had Callum State. You think we're going to win? I, I still think that you know, considering how bad United have been, and how we're in a little bit of a rocky patch, I think we we I think we're destined to lose this game on Saturday. Sorry to spoil your birthday weekend, Callum, but I have no optimism whatsoever. I have no optimism whatsoever. I'm going, but with how bad United have been, and you know, if they if they lose against us, it's more records. I just think it's a perfect storm for some reason. You know, last year we played shy at Man United, the year before we were even worse. Um, Craig, I just think, and I say it, it seems like I say it every week with, with some of these fixtures we said. I said it before Everton, it's so Brentford to lose this game. It would be so Brentford to lose the game going into the Everton game with how badly they've done and we lost the game. And I feel like with how badly Man United have done, it would be so Brentford for us to, for us to go up there and get battered 4-0 or something. I'd, I'd love for us to go there and pile on their misery. And actually, I'm going to go the other way here and say I am right. quietly confident. Fair enough, fair I'm enough. Quite we could go there and we could nick something. They're, they're, they're just such a shambles at the moment that I don't think the players that are on the pitch trust themselves either. And, and I've alluded to him already before. I don't think they trust Onana. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he couldn't catch a cold, so I wouldn't trust him at all. But it would also be very Brentford for us to go there and lose, yeah. But what one of the one of the funniest things that I've seen on social media, I don't know if you guys have seen it, is the videos going around from the Galatasaray fans that yeah. were in the home end, Old Trafford, in the home yeah. end, and someone's recording it. And in the background, you could just hear oh, Brentford are going to come here and fucking beat us on Saturday, aren't they? As well. <laughs> fingers crossed, fingers crossed, chaps. Anything else to say on Man United? But I think that would be that would be a good place to end it because i because i can see that we've gone gone on for a while now with all the var chat in the middle but it's, it's good content nonetheless and i think a lot of people will be tuning in for the referee chat especially after the forest game is there anything more callum on, on united that you want to touch on message message no, message to the beast fans and... making the trip well get behind the team everyone this is you know old trafford's you know it is the theatre of dreams. We are going to create some dreams this weekend. We are going to win at the theatre of dreams. 3-2, like last night. Late goal from Neil Morpay. Celebrations in that end. Limbs everywhere. It's lit up already. Thomas Frank in the stands. Job done. There you go. <laughs> That's not a long way to go to get in the stands. <laughs> 
I think that'll be, that'll be a we'll perfect... See you, we'll see you all on Saturday, everyone. We'll see you all on Saturday. Yeah, perfect birthday weekend for Callum, hopefully on Saturday. The Eden Road podcast will be back next week to discuss that. Beautiful proof points at, at the Theatre of Dreams, as Callum just alluded to before heading into the international break. Um, I mentioned it earlier in the episode, we are going to try and get a guest on during that international break. So let us know who you'd, who you'd like to have on. It could be Brentford-related, football-related, or, or a referee, if, if that's something we want to talk about. And I think that would be quite interesting to be fair. So I might put a tweet out and see what the what the consensus is around that. But if there's any other guests you guys want us to um, to have on the podcast, talk about Brentford, talk about the Premier League, talk about anything, then let us know. You know where to follow us on Twitter. It's at Ealing Road and on... At the Ealing Road on Twitter, sorry, and at Ealing Road Pod on Instagram. And remember, people, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, please share it around with your mates. Subscribe to our YouTube and Spotify channels too, and also leave a rating. We will see you at United on Saturday. Cheers, guys. Podcast Network.